Thank you for joining us for our podcast featuring the incredible residents at Legacy Retirement Communities. I'm your host and retirement living advisor, Kayla Schaff. My hope for this podcast is to give you insight and perspective to the greatest generation. Be open to soaking up the wisdom that we all desire and is often right in front of us. Their stories are a gift. I can't help but think of those of us listening can benefit from a little inspiration and might learn a thing or two. Ted Simonson, a Nebraska native, veteran, husband, father and businessman, is well known to others for his kindness and generosity. Ted is just an amazing guy. His journey to becoming a caregiver came unexpected as his wife and daughter were both diagnosed at a very young age to Alzheimer's. Ted is well known to others for his kindness and generous spirit. Through his journey, he has found purpose in supporting others and has committed his second half of his life to giving back. So it's my pleasure to introduce you to Ted. So Ted, I would love for you to share a little bit of background for people about who you are and maybe how you got to where you are. Well, I was born in West Point, Nebraska, Christmas Day, 1933, and small high school, grade school, high school, and then I came to Lincoln for college in in the fall of 1951, pledged a fraternity. It was Delta Tau Delta. The biggest thing, though, I met Jan, my wife, on a blind date in 1953, it would have been. And we found out later that both of us, were we were each trying to find somebody to take our place because we neither of us wanted to go on this blind date. <laughs> but we went. And I remember the first date wasn't a big deal, but we really enjoyed the second date and thereafter. It was about a year later in September of 54, actually September 12th of 1954, that we got buried. She finished school that year in 55. She was a teacher. Excellent. And... I kind of messed around, apparently, because I tried different things. Then I was drafted, so I didn't finish school until 1960. And I finished in business, and I got a job, and we had four girls. And they're just they're just more delightful all the time. And I really, I'd like them. <laughs> You'd like your children. I'd like them a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, that's what you they're hope good, for. They're good kids. They're not kids anymore, obviously. They're... Could you take us back and kind of share how um, her disease got started? When, at what age was she? Um, tell us a little bit about that history when you first started noticing things were starting to change. She was diagnosed at age 56. She, was, she had no interest interest in cooking. She had really no interest in the grandkids, which that wasn't her at all. There were little things. Uh, she was still writing checks, but many times instead of putting it in the, the register, she would write another check. At school, I found out later that that uh, she had trouble sometimes. Things were still okay, but 
But when they had a meeting somewhere away from school, now I wasn't aware of this, but it would take her extra long to get there. So did she get lost or what? Uh, a doctor here in Lincoln had put me in touch with a neurologist and determined that that's what it was uh, or thought it was. They never say it's that for sure. It's probably, it's probably Alzheimer's. Who did you reach out to for support? Because most people don't know what to do, where to turn, who to talk to when they're faced with a diagnosis like Alzheimer's or dementia. A support group helped me so much. I met so many people, men and women, that were supporting their spouse. What a support group I think is meant to be is you do become friends and you spend time other than these meeting times. And that's then when I realized how important a support group is. Because for somebody that's not been through this, you have no idea. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Yeah. So really it's the connection. Yes. And the opportunity to be vulnerable. Yes. To know that to you're reach, not alone. reach for help. So throughout this journey, you got involved with different support groups in particular, the Alzheimer's Association. Can you talk a little bit more about how your involvement began? The Alzheimer's is, is such a big part of my life. They have a, a walk every year, have for years. We were involved in the first one, and it, they, they had a five-mile route that they had set up. So we started out, and I don't have a picture of it, I do in my head. I'm walking down along Holmes Lake on the sidewalk, and in front of me is Jan and two grandsons, one on each side. They're holding hands. We're walking down the sidewalk. We continued going on the walk every year. And the thing that I was really proud of is these, especially these four grandsons would raise oodles and oodles amounts of money. And I was really proud of that and how much everybody has been involved. Um, I'm going to get your thoughts, but if just, you know, what advice would you give to those dealing with the situation that you went through? What advice would you give someone who's in that caregiving role? Well, yeah, reach out. People are there, but so many people, I think we all deny that this is going on. But eventually you have to realize that it is. I don't know what it is. People try to hide what's going on, especially with Alzheimer's. Well, that still goes on, but it's getting less and less with Alzheimer's. I told everybody in the neighborhood. So if they, like one time she did walk away, well, the neighbors went and found her. So let people know and let them be aware. We went up to Henry Dorley Zoo, and by this time I was more aware, and the first thing I asked was, is there a restroom other than, is there a smaller restroom somewhere? I told them what the problem was. Oh, yeah. So we, they showed me this one-person restroom that I could go in with her instead of going into a public restroom with which by that time was just so so confusing to her but things like that and those things you get so 
it really doesn't matter. Uh, don't worry if anybody's looking. That's that's their problem. That's not. It's hard sometimes, but it's it's not your problem. So just do what you have to do, and be nice about it, and visit. Eventually, it comes to where they can't visit, but just still be there. Don't walk away. One time we were heading to Colorado and we'd stopped in the hotel. Next morning we were having breakfast and I said to Jan, I said, boy, I really wish I knew what you were thinking. And she just very simply looked at me and said, so do I. There's none of these diseases that are very good, but are very nice. But this one just goes on and on and on, it seems. But maybe a cure is in our lifetime. Let's hope. What do you value now based on your life? Well, I really, really value my children and grandchildren. But we have three daughters that are still living. When we see one another, they immediately give me a hug. It doesn't matter where this is. I don't remember if they used to, probably didn't do that when they were in high school, I doubt, but they certainly do now. So I think from what I hear that your your family oh, is super yes. close. Yes, yes. So what advice would you give to new parents like myself about raising well, kids? I had a bigger part in, in, in raising the kids, I think, than a lot of friends did. Just being happy with your kids and yourself and and you don't do everything right. Who knows what's, there's no right and wrong usually anyway. But, but uh, just enjoy everything. Uh, you know, I think I would love to hear, what do you think has stayed the same about you throughout your whole life? I just have been honest, and people could count on my word, and I could count on my word. I didn't have to wonder what I told somebody, because I just told the truth. Didn't To me, I just told, as, told it as it was. If you could tell your younger self some advice, what would it have been? Probably just hang in there and trust yourself, trust your thoughts. You wonder about things sometimes, but it's just... Basically, trust what you're doing, and, and again, just treat people. It's the golden rule all over. Just treat people as you would want to be treated. Don't try to say something that you're not. Just be honest with yourself and everybody around you. What has aging taught you? It's taught me more compassion, probably. And again, though I'm so much less judgmental, I, I think that's a combination of aging and dealing with Alzheimer's. Can you define a moment of great pride? Well, this goes way back, but I was so pleased when we got married. To see that this young lady had even wanted to marry me, that was a big deal. It really is. And then when the kids were born, they're just good people. Uh, so I'm proud of that. Whatever Jan and I had to do with that, I 
parents do have something, but but it's the person themselves that do what they're uh, in their makeup or whatever. They all contribute to society. You did a good job. A job well done raising your kids. In your life, as of today, what are you most grateful for? I guess just to be, still be here. Still be here. (laughs) I enjoy the new, as you go through life, there's new friends come and go, and and I met wonderful people that if it hadn't been for Alzheimer's, I never would have met them. And also, I was, if you want to call it this, both Jan and I were younger when the Alzheimer's came. So in some respects, it was, I couldn't, ha- I wouldn't be able to take care of, of a spouse like I did then. What has surprised you in a good way about moving to a retirement community? It's just good. It's just really good. Before that, we had lived just down south of here on LaSalle. So I saw this building going up. When I considered moving here or moving to a retirement home, since I had been around here and I knew, didn't know anybody really well, but I just saw how everybody, the staff, treated everybody. And I couldn't believe how everybody knows their names. I thought that probably, that must be some part of the interview process. <laughs> but I, it's just because everybody cares. And they, and so when it came time then, I knew that I, well, I, didn't, I thought I wanted to go and check these places out. And then I thought that would probably just be a waste of time because I was going to, I knew I was going to come here. What has aging taught you? Maybe we kind of talked about this, but what would you like to pass on to others? If you kind of think about, you know, where you're at in your life, what's what's really important? Well, just don't get too hung up on things that go wrong physically because they you know, you hear about the good life and golden years, and that's kind of a bunch of BS. But, but I don't know where those come from. But you make your own attitude. Just don't get hung up on on the negative things, and try to be more positive, and just be open with people. It's good stuff. Well, Ted, since I've known you, you've been so committed to your wife and then your daughter and it just you're an incredible incredible guy so I'm proud to know you and we appreciate you sharing your story and I hope people can take a minute to think about the wisdom you've shared because although it may seem simple it's the truth Ted is a humble guy but someone I find so inspiring and motivational when it comes to the love and dedication he has for his family and by helping other families with the challenges of dementia and Alzheimer's. We're passionate about sharing the fascinating stories in our communities. If you enjoyed listening today, be sure to follow us on Facebook where we'll continue to share our stories. Do you have questions about retirement living? Visit us at LegacyRetirement.com to learn more.